My name is Thomas McPhee, and you're listening to The Stem. The Stem is a music podcast where I talk about my thoughts and feelings on whatever happens to make its way into my musical rotation each month. This episode, we're going to go back in time slightly to an album that came out back in February, but I just never found the time to sit down and give it a proper review. And I thank you again for your patience and letting me put this episode up a little bit late, and I'll try and get the next September episode back up in the first week or so of September so we can get back on track with the schedule. I stumbled across Finn by accident, browsing around on the iTunes store, shortly after discovering Zeal and Arder's album Devil Is Fine. While I've known of Odd Future for a while, I never really listened to their work too intently due to some reservations over the lyrical content, and so I never really actually listened to any of Sid's music with them or as part of the band The Internet before finding this album. While in some ways this album represents a nice cross-section of the trending hip-hop R&B amalgamation, its success lies in how effectively it plays on those musical ideas, and while there isn't tons here that's challenging or particularly deep, it's catchy, effective, and a blast to listen and dance to. The album opens with a sharp staccato drum pattern mixed together with segmented hums and short clips of dialogue that grabs attention and is a little unsettling before the song settles into a more comforting melody line, though the production still retains a certain crispness and fragmentation that works to provide an engaging juxtaposition with Sid's fluid and smooth singing. The lyrics in this song, Shake Em Off, describe Sid trying to process and deal with her current position and career trajectory, describing sleepless nights of anxiety and uncertainty as she plans her next moves, working to push past the criticisms and critiques of her observers who worry or judge her for her choices. The production mimics the lyrical themes of unease and restlessness really effectively here, and while in many ways the song does fall into a kind of braggadocio rap template, it's not overly aggressive or eye-roll-inducing in that regard, feeling more like an invitation to understand her better, rather than some kind of outright rejection or pushback. It's a strong opening to the album, incorporating both more melodic and rapt elements, showing the multiple modes the album will move through. The next song, No, decides to go more all-in on the melodic R&B aspect of the album, as Sid croons beautifully to a lover she is having an illicit liaison with. The verses of the song are sparsely produced, letting Sid's singing do the heavy lifting, while backing it with some small drum hi-hat hits and short single-note synth patterns sprinkled on top. The choruses crescendo and build nicely with a sweeping synth line that sounds like an augmented orchestra swell of sorts that helps to lift the melody up. It also works in my mind to help accent the lyrical focus of the relationship being illicit and the moral quandaries posed by the lyrics, is it really cheating, who says we're cheating? By taking the more classical romantic idea of swelling strings to represent true love and affection and synthesizing it or remixing it, it suggests a love that may feel real to the lovers but is perceived as a kind of bastardization of the real thing by observers. Lyrically, the song is pretty simple, with most of the song focusing on Sid's reiterating how much her partner needs to keep things a secret and discreet, though there is a subtle moment in the song's bridge that holds a little more weight and depth. For those unfamiliar with Sid, she is an out member of the LBGT community, and the bridge is the first moment on the album where we get a sense that the gender of the lover she sings to may not be what our heteronormative society may expect, with the subtly whispered, they don't have to know girl and put away your phone girl. It's a small moment that's easy to miss, but to have an out performer in the R&B and hip-hop space is really important, and the way the song plays it off so casually helps to reinforce an idea that maybe there'll come a time where there isn't quite show-socking or surprising. No Complaints is more of a teaser than a full track, and one of two short little proof-of-concept songs on the album, each barely over a minute long. 
No Complaints is a gritty and aggressive hip-hop-infused number that sees Sid bragging about how she's the greatest, quote, but you knew that, and I'm the one your girl been posting tweets about. It's pretty typical fare lyrically, but her flow is crisp and infectious, incorporating a nice melodic element to her rapping and being somewhat hypnotizing in its staccato repetitions. The production is similarly sharp and features a simple but catchy synth melody that repeats over and over until the tracks end, with the sound of a record slowing down and the piece melting away of sorts. It's the kind of song that works because it doesn't try to be any longer than it is, and it doesn't get boring, but still makes me wish there was a full song attached because I like the ideas and sounds here a lot. In some ways, it serves a similar function to a skit on more classical hip-hop records, but I find this a little more engaging and interesting than many skits tended to be. Next, we turn back to the more song and R&B style with Nothing to Something, a relatively stripped-down and sparse track compared to many of the other songs on the album. The production here is a very languid and luxurious simple guitar line that's incredibly quiet and pushed to the background and some simple and relatively unobtrusive hi-hat and bass drum hits. For the bridge, everything disappears but Sid singing and the drums, leaving a very cavernous and open sonic space which sounds very welcoming and inviting, which matches the song's lyrical themes of inviting a prospective lover in for a night of conversation or revelry in celebration of Sid's successes and fame. While normally I don't find myself a big fan of braggadocio rap, Sid winds up being so earnest and approachable in her style that I can't help but enjoy listening, and her vocal performances are smooth and delivered excellently to boot. The next song, All About Me, was the lead single for the album, and is probably the most banging and heavily hip-hop-influenced full song of the record. The production is a dark and menacing fuzzy synth swirl that sounds like a weird bastardization of bells of sorts, which is accompanied by soft alarm blares and 808 snare hits for an almost mechanical and unstoppable forward motion and feeling. It's incredibly danceable, and it sets the mood for a song that at times is bizarrely honest about the struggles Sid experiences, her success, and her devotion to the family and people she came up with. The opening lines of the song detail her potential lethargy and struggles we've seen mentioned earlier with confessions that she sleeps too much and drinks too much and sees herself constantly surrounded by sharks or those who would hurt her. Sid shows a strong versatility in her rap delivery in this song, especially in the second verse, with some really lovely internal rhymes, pitch shifting, and tempo changes. Take a listen. Stacking this bread on the shelf, stacking my bread on the shelf I see you mad at yourself, I see them mad at themselves I am crying for help, I am crying for help Don't be mad if I switch up, my good taste got me this We then return to the R&B and more romantic and central elements of the album on Smile More. This is probably the most ambient and simplest song on the album, featuring just a simple, slow, almost hypnotic drum pattern and barely detectable synth backing in the vocal track. This song is an unapologetic seduction song, and the intimacy of the subject is excellently mirrored in the production and the atmosphere it creates. It's a private conversation, a whisper in the ear even, between Sid and her lover. Lyrically, it's pretty straightforward, with her discussing her affections and devotions to a lover, stating in the chorus that it's, quote, time to turn these lights low so they can begin evening revelries together. There's an interesting change about three-fourths of the way through, though, where Sid changes her delivery, switching from a languid and easy singing pace to a more rapid rhyming pattern for a more typical rap break, which helps to mirror the center of the song. After the initial seduction and romance at the beginning, once the evening begins in earnest, the speed picks up, the intensity increases, and there's almost a tone of desperation in Sid's need for her lover. 
The melody here is gorgeous, and it's easy to listen to over and over, and it does a magnificent job of capturing the mood and tone of the lyrics, helping to all together create a really catchy and almost calming song. Got Her Own is an ode to successful women and the power that they can achieve on their own. Her, she got her own. Her, she drive a beamer and she got it on her own. Her, she was a dreamer but she's sleeping all alone. I just want to meet her cause I just want to know. Her, she got her own. Through the verses, we hear the details of this woman's success, and Sid admonishes a man who she knows sees himself as this woman's potential suitor, with Sid informing him of all the ways she'll reject him because of all the things she's managed to achieve by herself. The production here has a nice mixture of elements, with some heavily affected vocal patterns in the background over lazy synth swirls and a mid-tempo rapid drum pattern of hand claps and snare hits. This is all accompanied by Sid's self-admission in an almost wink-to-the-audience-type tone that she wants to meet this woman and learn from her, as well as hopefully succeed in gaining her affections, where the man in the song has not. It's a cool moment to see Sid creating a story about women's success that's not just confined to herself in a braggadocio rap, as well as tearing down some of the assumptions and privileges of patriarchy at the same time. It's a relaxed song that still pushes the tempo forward, but I wish that it had either a third verse or more variety throughout its three minutes. It seems more like a proof of concept than a complete song in some ways. This is also a moment where one of the album's central weaknesses really comes to the fore, in that lyrically and sonically, there's nothing terribly complicated going on with this album, and there isn't a huge sonic palette Sid's pulling from, which means that you end up with a lot of simple straightforward, similar-sounding songs, and while the song that is getting repeated here is generally quite pleasant, it still all feels more or less like the same song. We move then into Drown In It, another little teaser of sorts that I'm really sad didn't get a full song, as it is possibly some of the most intriguing production work on the album. There's a beautiful synth harp line that does almost all the tempo keeping, and it sounds so much more organic and seems sharply in contrast with all the other synths being used on the album. Sid's vocal melody on the song is also more nuanced and engaging than some of her others on the album, as she sings to a lover about putting the lover more front and center in her life, amending for previous mistakes, and celebrating with a night under the covers together, where she hopes to, quote, swim in it, drown in it, etc., etc. While there's a little more bluntness and cliché here in her descriptions of their sexual activity that in any other setting might cause me to roll my eyes, here it feels completely natural and fits the overall mood of the song, which does have an almost sense of swimming through water. I feel like this could have easily been extended into a full song and had even more engaging and complicated production and vocal elements added as the song went on, but as it is, it's just a short, direct little thing about Sid's love and desire for sex, which isn't bad, it just feels like it's missing out on some of its own potential, which I think is a great way to describe the album as a whole. Next is Body, which is probably my least favorite track on the album. The production is a wavy synth beat with rapid snare hits, and the synth melody isn't particularly appealing to me quite, and is coupled with Sid's vocals, which occupy the higher end of her vocal register and sound quite forced in comparison to the rest of the album. This is almost kind of a crooner song, and while most of the album has featured a more alto and deeper tone from Sid, suddenly on this song she tries to be a soprano, and it just comes out thin and wispy, with an obnoxiously repetitive and simplistic melody that sounds more like a kid's song than anything else. It's hard for me to even focus on the lyrics of the song because I find the melodies and vocal performances so grating and unpleasant. 
It's another song about sex and her desire to share her body with a lover, pulling each other's hair and enjoying the thrill of physical contact together. It's barely distinguishable lyrically from the other songs of the album, which then gets multiplied by the fact that sonically I find almost nothing enjoyable about this song. Why does this get four and a half minutes on the album, whereas Drown in It, which is more or less about a lot of the same things, gets only a minute, despite Drown in It being the significantly superior song? It's a poor choice, and it hurts the album somewhat in my eyes because of how much I despise this song. Luckily, the next song, Dollar Bills featuring Steve Lacey, does a fair amount to repair my ill will, being a funky and up-tempo dance song that features a jazzy guitar line and lots of vocal layering and the first feature of the album, and it utilizes Steve's voice and style excellently. There's a cool, almost screech vocal sample played in the back which helps create a sense of complexity and unpredictability to the song, as well as a lot of layering of Sid's various vocal tracks. The song features Sid heading to the club and watching a woman dance. Sid encourages her to, quote, shake it for these dollar bills, and also encourages her to let Sid take her home. Again, lyrically, there's little here to set the world on fire, but it's fun and catchy and well-executed and serves as a sonically distinct track in comparison to the rest of the album. The Steve Lacey verse serves as the song's breakdown, removing a lot of the drum line and changing the guitar melody some, really rendering a jazz moment of sorts, and helps to provide what kinds of interesting and complex songwriting and composition ideas Sid and her producers were capable of when they set their minds to it. In a way, I do like this song a fair amount, but it winds up disappointing me in that it shows what the album could have been, especially right at the end of the album after I've heard everything that it actually is. Then we move on to my favorite track on the album, and the second feature on the album, Over, featuring Black. It's almost ironic that this song is the penultimate one on the album, as it discusses a relationship that has fallen apart and run itself into disrepair, where both parties should finally agree that it's all over and there's no going back to the way things were before. It's interesting in how it balances a kind of emotionality and trying to maintain relationships and emotional care between partners, while still having a kind of almost crass disregard in the way of how Sid desires to move on so she can find better things. The production has some cool drum patterns and almost bell-sounding synths, and it all together creates a super intriguing melody that is a little bit morose and sad as fitting the lyrical content without being overly bogged down in misery or being boring. There's a good energy and pacing here, and it's almost like the sonic equivalent of realism. There's a bite here in admitting that the relationship has failed, but almost a drive still to keep moving forward and try new and maybe better things. Black's verse here was the first time I'd ever heard of him, and it instantly made me fall in love and pick up his 2016 debut album, Free Black. His delivery has an excellent syncopation and rhythm to it on the song, and he does a good job of keeping his own style distinct, while also mimicking Sid's melodies and deliveries from earlier in the song as well, which helps make it clear that Sid and Black really took the time to collaborate and work together on the song. His verse also ends the song rather suddenly on the line, quote, How are we going to look for help when you don't know yourself? And in some ways it feels bold to end the song on that line without another rendition of the chorus. It defies expectations somewhat and puts a lot more weight and emphasis on that final lyric, which causes the listener to really think about it and consider some of the ways in which self-assurance, confidence, and self-knowledge can be essential to making uh, relationships work. Lastly, we have Insecurities, which to my mind has one of the more interesting production compositions and explores a much more jazzy aesthetic in a really interesting way, but gets paired with a lackluster vocal melody and a somewhat complicated lyrical subjective theme. 
The song tells the story of Sid feeling trapped in a bad relationship, and she says that her partner should thank Sid's insecurities for keeping her trapped in the relationship, which feels like a complicated sentiment at best, though it's somewhat redeemed by the choruses making clear that Sid does eventually get out of the relationship and move on to something else. While I think there's an element of speaking to truth to power and acknowledging that there are many women who feel trapped in bad relationships and that can be preyed upon and forced to stay in them against their will, this doesn't ultimately feel like a song talking about women's empowerment or critiquing emotional abusers. Rather, it almost feels like she's beating herself up for being so insecure for so long that she didn't get herself out of the mess she was in. While I think it's important to acknowledge complicated and unhealthy relationships in songs, I feel like this almost performs a little bit of victim-blaming of a sort, but that's further complicated by herself being the victim, and that is a question of, right, does anyone like myself have to tell anyone else, like her, how to not feel or how to feel about their own choices? It's uncomfortable in many ways and doesn't feel fully thought out, which in some ways helps me just skip this song every time it comes on since I already was feeling pretty tepid about the vocal melodies. The production is a jazzy guitar again and synth piano and feels very much like it should be playing in a smoky lounge or club. But then I get really frustrated about two-thirds of the way through when the song has a complete breakdown and melodic shift with a killer almost rock guitar rift which sounds a little something like this. Hey, I gotta walk away I really loved you, girl But something's gotta change I say I'll leave you tomorrow This is by far the most interesting moment in the song and one of the most interesting moments on the entire album and yet it gets less than 30 seconds of time towards the end of a song I don't like. It's another moment where I question some of the decision-making that went into making this album, and get hit with a dose of what the whole album could have been, but wasn't. It's a lackluster ending to the album, and I tend to pretend that Over is the album's actual ending as it feels a lot more fitting for that role. In the six-ish months since this album came out, it's gotten a fair amount of play on my iPod, and while it's relatively simple, predictable, and a little repetitive, it's also a lot of fun overall, and a great album for dancing or driving at night, with both more rapid and high-energy rap tracks and more cool, laid-back R&B songs working together to create a fairly consistent, but also mixed sonic palette. If anything, I see this album as an indication of what is possible in the future as it shows Sid's potential to create some really exciting and engaging solo work, and to be a successful LBGT musician in a musical space largely reserved for non-LGBT folks. It's not the most earth-shattering or deeply philosophical album I've heard this year, like Devil is Fine, but it serves as a nice counterpoint to the more intense lyrical works coming out this year, and provides a catchy and highly enjoyable break-and-dance soundtrack, which is nothing to scoff at. I've been listening to the album for months already, and I imagine I'll be listening to it for months still to come. Thank you all for listening to another episode and allowing me to be a little late with this one. You can reach me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Gmail, all at the STEM Podcast. If you have any comments, angry, happy, or otherwise, feel free to send those along. You can also find The STEM on iTunes. Search for The STEM Podcast to find me, and if you can, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating if you like the podcast. The theme music for the show was Cash Rules by Ari De Niro, which is available from Needle Drop Co. I'll be back in just a few weeks' time with my September episode, but until then, you've been listening to The Stamp.